everybody and welcome to the podcast. Today my guest is coming in all the way from Kathmandu, Nepal. Uh, we're so lucky to have with us an expert on everything that has to do with our desire to help other people, uh, often abroad, and what does it look like to do volunteer work or service learning? And Claire has a, has a unique look on this that is so important for us to understand how do we flip it from service learning to learning service. So Claire Bennett, thank you so much for being with us today on the podcast. Oh, I'm so delighted to be here. Thanks so much, Michelle. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why this issue is so important to you? Okay, so um, as you said, my name is Claire. Um, and the issue of responsible volunteering, I guess it's important to me because um, I have both seen it go really terribly um, and seen volunteering done really well. Um, and so from seeing both of those things, um, it's made me a real advocate for ethical volunteering. I love it. And, and I think that this is something that we're seeing more and more people have an awareness about. We as humans have an innate desire to, to help other people. Um, but there are some people who are taking advantage of that and, and it's not working out that we're actually supporting people. So I'm so excited to have you share your expertise a little bit around how do we, how do we make sure we're, we're doing good in the world and that we're using our skills and talents in the best way possible. So uh, I'm so excited that you're here. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about the things that you've seen um, that, that have driven you this way. So what does, it, what does it mean to do ethical volunteer work? Um, so if we're starting with the things that have sort of driven me to become interested in it, it was really more about looking at the sort of the unethical side of it and being exposed to that first um you know and and that includes my own experience i have to say i um i was originally a volunteer here in nepal as a teenager um i did not do a gap year but it was in my first summer after university um and looking back on that, I can I can now really see clearly all the mistakes that I made. Um, and then later on, when I came to you know live longer term in Nepal, um, I just started to witness and then also research more into the kind of negative effects that that volunteering could have. Um, you know, many of them I think sort of stem from the fact that um the sort of volunteer travel sector sits in a really interesting place um so it's the it sort of straddles two really different fields so on one side um it's really it's the field of international development which is you know the industry of improving people's lives um and on the other side it's you know it's tourism right um all of us that engage in this if we're traveling to another place are also tourists and there's a bit of a, a tension between the fact that um you know tourism is all about giving the traveler what they want uh the client is 
the, the tourists, you know, not, not the local community. And the local community actually might want things to be done uh, pretty differently than in the traveller's own country or, you know, be asking for something that, what sh you know, things that short-term travellers can't provide at all. Um, whereas like international development starts with the problem and looks at how to sustainably solve it. Um, so, you know, many issues can kind of stem from that, um, such as, you know, volunteers can end up misdirecting funds into what, what we call band-aid solutions, you know, so that they're um, sort of putting funds into solutions that travellers can easily be part of rather than looking at, you know, what will have a long-term change. Um, or, you know, they can end up being a, a burden on local organisations that are, you know, working towards this or, you know, end up taking jobs from local people. Or, you know, volunteers can inadvertently reinforce a kind of colonial mentality, you know, the idea that um, what is needed overseas to solve these, you know, deep-rooted problems is, you know, foreigners to turn up and, and come and sort things out. Um, and, you know, they can upset delicate power balances in communities without even realising it. So there are all of these things that um, that can be like um, the, let's say the pitfalls of volunteering and seeing it you know done poorly again and again and as I said you know having myself participate in quite a few things that have been done poorly as well um, really fueled me into sort of this question of you know well what does it mean to do volunteering responsibly you know and what would it take to sort of make sure that all the good intentions that fuel volunteering which you know I, I sincerely do believe that the vast majority of volunteers that come seeking this kind of experience are you know, really looking out for, um, you know, the answers of like, what can we do to make a good impact in the world? Um, yeah, that like, how can we make sure that those intentions actually go into solutions that um, will actually have a long-term positive impact? I think it's really important to to highlight like that tension between tourism and and the volunteer sector is it, it's almost like polar opposite and so so that's a really really big piece um, but I also love that there's this optimism that that people want to do good they are they want to like as you said make a, an impact in the world uh, but they also I think have an innate curiosity so so those coming from Canada often come from a place of privilege and they recognize that and they want to see what the other the other communities in the world look like and they want to be able to support people that are are seen as less fortunate than themselves so i think it's really really neat to to know that there's that innate wanting to do good um 
so what does what does doing good look like then if if some of these organizations and some of these opportunities are actually a little bit damaging what does it look like to do good work I should just go back and say that um, I am a co-founder of an organization that is called learning service or the co-author of a book that is called learning service the essential guide to volunteering abroad and the fundamental message of this idea that we call learning service which as you said was is flipping this term of service learning so that the learning comes first um, the fundamental message is that we have to learn before we can help so for for us the ideas of learning service mean that it's changing the paradigm from having someone step off a plane and say, hi, I'm here to help you. Um, and instead to slightly nuance that a little bit more so that they're saying, hi, I'm here to learn from you. If or how I can be of help either now or in the future. Um, so it's still saying, you know, like, of course I want to do something to help I'm you know that's my primary mo motivation um, but it's saying that your primary responsibility is actually to learn first and that this is just a really important um, quality that is the sort of fundamental thing that will ensure that volunteers can be effective um, and when we say learning we we actually mean starting with learning about yourself and that means learning about you know your own motivations for volunteering um to ensure that you know like often i think what happens um especially with young people especially people looking you know to do something with their gap year it's almost sort of like the default option oh you know i'm doing a gap year therefore i i should be volunteering or you know I'm I'm looking to travel so therefore I should be volunteering but actually there are loads of different options and it really just depends on what your what your primary motivations are so for example if your primary motivation is that you um, want to learn about another culture and immerse yourself in another culture then you could be looking at um, you know ecotourism or educational travel or loads of other options like that as well um, study abroad um, if you know your primary motivation is that you want to help the world then you can start to look at you know what are the options that will enable you to do that and maybe you know volunteering at home might have a, a bigger impact or maybe you know becoming a, a, a campaigner or an activist on a local issue or a global issue or maybe it's you know fundraising that is going to be the thing so you can sort of look at um, the questions in a bigger way and then you know if you think yeah actually you know volunteering fits absolutely my motivation then the next stage is to learn about you know how are you going to to choose a volunteer opportunity and, and what exactly are you looking for and all of those kind of questions so 
um and then you know once you've done that the learning doesn't stop <laughs> we also just say that like you know as you enter a volunteer opportunity you really need to be really open to learning and really humble and you know really open to changing your mind and um and this is the key really to being an effective volunteer I love it. I, I think that that looking at your motivations is a step that is skipped so many times. And you and you talked about the the assumption. I'm I'm on a gap year, therefore I should be volunteering. Um, uh, and if I if I'm not, then then I'm doing it wrong. Um, and that's one of the things that we really strongly advocate for too is is finding out what are the right activities to help you meet your goals. And for a, a lot of students, once they actually look at what their goals are, that doesn't necessarily fit. Um, or if it does fit, they are just looking to give back in some way. So I think that move once they decide they are looking to give back in some way. When you when you talk about um, what opportunities exist, I think it's really important that, that as you said, you explore all of the different ways that you can give back um, and, and how you can use your own gifts and talents to, to leverage that. If you are not a master carpenter, um, are you equipped with the skills to go and build a house somewhere? Um, or, or, or perhaps you are an artist and maybe having an art exhibition that raises awareness about the um, conditions in a particular uh, community that you have educated yourself on. Maybe that's a better way that you can use your gifts and talents to contribute. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the quotes that we use in the learning service book, it just sort of sums this up so much. It's by um, Howard Whitman. Um, and it is, ask not what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go and do that. Because what the world needs are people that have come alive. Um, and I think that that's just really telling. And I, I, I love using it with young people as well, because there is this feeling of, you know, exactly what you said, what should I be doing? And I think this question comes up a lot of like, you know, like, oh, I've got this, this time in my gap year and I don't want to waste it. What is, you know, the, the, the sort of the best use of my time that will be, you know, like good for my career and good for the world and all of these things rather than going back and saying, okay, what are my passions? What are my values? Um, because all of those things can be put to uh, good use for the world and to be honest like we probably all know someone who has um asked that question you know what should i do and they you know feel like they've made some big sacrifice to have to go and do something that they're really not enjoying at all and the thing that we can mainly remember is that person is really miserable and probably not doing very much good for the world and not definitely not taking good self-care, which is something that is super important if you want to give something back to others. So that I think it is, you know, like it's giving people permission. No, like go back to the things that you care about and you're passionate about. And then let's work out a way to make that have an amazing impact on the world as well. 
I think that's great. So let's say somebody has uh, explored their motivations and they've really found that, yes, um, working or doing a volunteer uh, experience um, and, and giving back in some way internationally is really, really important to them and, and, they, and their intentions are there and they're, they're, they're properly placed. Um, what, what can they do to make sure that they're going to have um, the, the impact that they're hoping to have or that they are going to not negatively affect any communities? Are there some, some questions they should ask? Are there some things that they should look out for? Um, and, and how do they know when they are getting support from somebody else to, to do learning service that, that, the, that they are aligned to not do harm? Yeah, that's a really good question. In general, when people say like, you know, where do I start with all of this? We say, when you're looking at all the different opportunities to really take the time to evaluate all of the, the various ones. Um, firstly, to just identify that there are so many, to definitely not go with just, you know, the first opportunities that come up, because that's usually, you know, organizations that, um, can spend a lot of money on advertising which doesn't necessarily mean that it translates to impact at all and um, ensure that you know like when you're looking at the different opportunities you're getting information from several sources not just from the organization's own marketing materials which you know are like you know aiming to present everything that they do in the best possible light um, so, you know, the best organizations will put you in touch with previous volunteers so that you can get a really realistic idea of what the program is like and to make sure that it fits with your, what you're expecting. And, you know, the programs that charge fees, um, again, the best organizations will give you a full and transparent breakdown of exactly where the money is going so that you can decide yourself if you are happy with where the money is going. Um, and then another thing to look for, especially if you know you you are a gap year student, is to look for the programs that have really good um, training opportunities um, and ongoing support during your placement, so that you can really maximise those learning opportunities. Because as I said, like the learning itself is one of the most important outcomes for uh, you know a young. Um, volunteer that will then go on to do many more amazing things with the things with uh, what they've learned and also to ensure that anything that you know they contribute while they are overseas is the most useful so those are the kind of things that that uh, I'd advise people to look out for there's actually some some really great Facebook groups as well where volunteers share their honest reviews of the programs that they've been on and their assessments of different volunteer providers. So that's also something that you can look out for. I think those are great tips, especially tapping into folks who have been there and done that with that particular uh, support system or organization that you're working with. Um, and that goes for, for any opportunity, whether it's a job or uh, a tourist trip or, or anything. Doing your research is so important and, and getting those honest feedbacks. And that's why 
Google reviews and Yelp are becoming so popular because we know the power of marketing and we know that these glossy brochures and the messages that are crafted are crafted very carefully with people with psychology backgrounds to, to help influence you to, to purchase their products. Um, whereas yeah. those, those raw reviews from people who have been there will provide a really accurate idea of what that person's experience was and they don't have any ulterior motive. They're not profiting um, or they're not, they're not taking it. They're, they're helping other people to understand that what that experience was like for them, which can be very telling. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, we also, when we're talking to young people who are like saying, you know, I don't know how to discern, you know, I'm looking at all these different organizations that are saying all of these things. How do I know which ones are doing better on the grounds? You know, there are some things you can tell in the marketing materials themselves that are like sort of like red flags, you know, um, that, you know, if, if you see this kind of tactic, you can maybe sort of see through it a little bit. So the first one is that anything that tells you that making an impact is easy um, or that you can do whatever you want without qualifications, um, then, you know, both those things um, are sort of irresponsible and, and unlikely to be true. Um, the other thing that you can see a lot is making out that sort of volunteers are desperately needed somewhere. There, there are so many of these like, you know, voluntourism outfits that, that really push you know, what we call the savior narrative, you know, saying that if you choose this type of travel program, then, you know, you're a better person than, if you just went backpacking, you know, or that you have the ability to uplift people out of poverty. Um, and, you know, in reality, it, it doesn't work like that. And, and volunteers that go in with those ideas um, can get, you know, really disillusioned. You know, it's, it, I think, you know, we can safely say that, that no one has ever been lifted out of po poverty just through a short-term volunteer program. And, you know, Basically, I think, you know, being aware that there are, there are profit motives behind some of the marketing um, and that is okay, you know, if they're being transparent and they're saying, you know, this is the breakdown of where the money goes, it's reasonable that the companies also have profit as well as doing good. But if you start to see like, wow, this is, you know, pushing you into opportunities that you don't feel like you'd be qualified to do at home then these are all sort of like, yeah, sort of red flags. I love that you say that if they're not opportunities you're qualified to do at home, you're still not qualified qualified to do them in another country. Um, yeah. In fact, we'd even say that like, you know, you're less qualified to do it in another country because there are all of these cultural barriers and language barriers and, you know, the added things that, you know, are a challenge even when you're doing something that you know how to do quite well. Yeah, so that's one of the things that I think, you know, to sort of really bear in mind. Again, it goes back to that self-awareness of what are your core skills? Um, that includes things that, you know, like like you said, like if you're a really good artist, things like that, but also the soft skills of, you know, being able to navigate that, that sort of the cultural communication and um, all of those other things that that either if, if you're you know really into that kind of challenge then that would be a wonderful opportunity 
and if you know yourself that you're likely to be really frustrated by that then um you know international volunteering might not be the thing for you i think i think this is such a such a great message and it's not to say that international volunteering isn't a good option but we just need to be a little bit more discerning with our own motives and then with the organizations that we choose to to work with so that we um, are making sure that that experience is is the most positive for both sides of the equation yeah absolutely so I would love your help with something. I have been working with a, a pretty well-known phrase for a while when I describe um, what it's like to, to do learning service. And so everybody's quite familiar with the, the saying, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll, he can eat for a lifetime. The, I go one step before that and I say like, you actually need to ask them if they like fish. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they, maybe their culture, maybe they don't even like fish. So why, are, why are you teaching them to fish? Um, if, if I love this analogy, Michelle. I think this is great. So I'm wondering if, if that's the right question to be asking um, in this analogy, like, do you, do you even like fish? Do you eat fish? Is that culturally appropriate? <laughs> before I, before I impart my wisdom on how to fish, um, I need to understand <laughs> a little bit more about you. Um, yeah. So, so is that an appropriate way to help bring some, um, a, a different thought perspective or is there a better question that I should be asking in this analogy? So I tell you the question that I always ask in this analogy, and that is, do you know any community in the world that exists along any body of water, be that, you know, a, a large river or a lake or, a, or, you know, the ocean, that does not know how to fish? Because this is what I think is wonderful about this um, analogy is that there's, there's an assumption that there are people sitting around, you know, like, let's say, you know, on the edge of a river that has loads of wonderful, nutritious, delicious fish inside it and that their culture does not know how to fish. Um, I think, you know, that the, the, the reality with that analogy is that if we're going in assuming that we can teach people a skill that really should have you know been sort of known to their ancestors for thousands of years um, then it's our assumptions that are wrong rather than it you know being that the people that you know really just don't know how to fish um, and actually it, I love this analogy even more because of how um, applicable it is with the modern kind of problems that we are facing um, in the world in that yeah the fishing communities that I know yeah they know how to fish and they know how to do it really sustainably and yet the problems that they're facing are that there are companies that are coming in you know huge corporations and overfishing and completely destroying the fish stocks um, or it's that there are, you know, big industry that is polluting the rivers that they, that them and their ancestors have fished in for centuries. 
what this is really sparking for me as, as we're having this conversation is all of those challenges that these communities are, are, are facing are things that, that a young person on a gap year can, can work towards solving from home. Um, the, the, the fact that, that you're talking about overfishing and you're talking about pollution, those are, those are things that you don't necessarily need to be in another community to work to solve. Those are things as a consumer that you can have an impact on. As an activist, you can have an impact on educating other people in your own communities about the various organizations and the various solutions to the overfishing and the pollution and the, um, the I, now I hate the term developed world, but that, that it's having an impact on these other communities. Those are really impactful, meaningful ways that you can do good in the world for the communities that you're hoping to, um, to have an impact on. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're really getting to the crux of this now. And I think you're absolutely right that um, if we're looking at how can an individual have a long-term and meaningful impact on the world, which I sincerely believe that they can, um, what we're looking at is this kind of long-term, you know, lifelong activism um, and, you know, changing in consumer patterns and, you know, like all of the choices that we make, including our, you know, career choices or, you know, what we um, spend our time raising awareness about. All of those things are going to have a bigger impact in the long term than um, whatever short-term volunteering we decide to do overseas but it doesn't negate the need and the sort of um, the benefits of the short-term volunteering because you know one thing that that we certainly found is that the way in which um, you can get sort of a, a good idea and understanding of you know, these issues in the world and, um, you know, the sort of the root cause of problems, like we were discussing with the, the fish analogy, is that, you know, like, how do we get exposure to, to really what is the root cause and what our power is to, to do about those things? Well, you know, the, uh, one of the most amazing ways is to go and, and spend some time abroad and to sort of immerse yourself in a in a community and um so many people who have you know done short-term volunteering and have seen it as an opportunity to like you know like build their future and to sort of you know learn so much and um you know get fodder for like you know all the amazing activism they're going to do in the future you know people have done that through short-term volunteering and so in learning service we say that one of the biggest messages is that um, learning and service are lifelong um, we, we just cannot say that that's it then you know that's it your your work's been done you've made your contribution you can go off and basically just do whatever you want that you know people that have had these really powerful overseas experiences they find that they can never turn it off you know that like their whole life is then geared towards doing this sort of stuff and uh, the amazing thing is that yeah you don't need to 
be anywhere or like you know go on a short-term trip or something like that um you can be taking these actions every single day of your life I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I love that you touched on the other motivation. So when I talk to um, people taking gap years and often parents too, when they're talking about, or when they assume they're talking about volunteer travel, they, they talk about this wanting to give back, which we've already addressed, but they also talk about understanding how the rest of the world lives and gaining that perspective. Um, and, and I think that's really what you're touching on there is, is when you want to learn from somebody, when you want to see how somebody else lives, that learning is going to stick with you and, and, and shape the way that, that you continue to make decisions in your life, whether that is pursuing a career in international development or the consumer choices you make or how you show up as an activist or how you educate other people around you about the things that, that you've experienced. Um, so yeah, absolutely. So, so I think that that's really important too, that um, if you do choose to do a short-term volunteer placement, that um, the, the impact that you're going to have is actually the learning that you're going to take away and the life experience that you're going to take away. So that is the impact that you can have on the world is actually changing yourself and changing your perspective and changing the way that you are approaching the challenges that this world is facing. Yeah, and I think that is, you know, a really important sort of framing for all volunteer opportunities. Again, when, we, when you're coming back to the learning, is to think about, okay, what attitude am I approaching these things with? Um, and, you know, like sometimes the idea that I'm here just to give or that, you know, my role is to help can actually sort of close people off to learning you know, where sort of the, the people are sort of making sort of quite closed-minded assumptions, like like we said before, like maybe um, either handing out fish or sort of blindly teaching people that already know how to fish, how to fish, um, instead of going in with this sort of really open attitude of, right, I'm here to learn. I know that this, you know, experience has the potential to affect, you know, everything that I I go on to do in the future and I'm going to be willing to change my mind. Um, I'm going to allow this to impact me in how, whichever way it will. Um, and I'm committed to bring that back with me. Um, and yeah, that's some of the most powerful learning experiences and, you know, some of the biggest long-term advocates, you know, um, can be formed through, through those kind of those, those that mindset I love it uh, something else that has just come to mind for me is um, and something that I'm very acutely aware of as somebody in the gap year industry is how do we tell those stories when we return home respectfully how do we um, convey the message without posting that kind of stereotypical picture of a North American student surrounded by little African children, um, all with smiles on their face? So how do, we, how do we tell those stories and how do we educate others in a way that's respectful and, and effective to, to, um, to help support that change and, and the awareness? Yeah, that is, that's really critical, really, because 
like you're saying, you know, like if we just perpetuate stereotypes, all we're going to do is ensure that, you know, more and more people have, you know, this, this kind of these ideas and that then we'll base their actions on those ideas. And what we really want to be doing is changing that. And I think um, for me, one of the most fundamental things that you can do when representing something like your volunteer experience is to ensure that local people and local actors are at the center of the narrative that you share. Um, which, you know, it, it's sort of reframing it slightly in that, you know, often what you want to do is, is you know, put yourself at the center because you're telling a story about yourself and um, because you are, um, you know, talking to people that know you. Um, but that can really reinforce the kind of, you know, the sort of saviour idea of like, oh, you know, I went and I am helping these kids rather than saying, okay, what's going on here is that, you know, I am here to learn about and join forces with and show solidarity for bigger processes that, you know, are already happening that are run by local people, often, you know, who, really inspiring people. Um, and these are processes that will, you know, be going on for a long time, even after I've left, because the reality is that, you know, social change is really complex. And the, the best that we can be is like a tiny cog in some bigger ecosystem that is, you know, working towards sustainable change um and presenting that kind of message to say hey you know what like i went abroad to volunteer and i worked with this amazing organization or i met this inspirational person um and these are the kind of people that we need to support because you know the reality is that those people and those organizations will make changes for sure. And, and I think that, that this topic is so meaty and so juicy. We can talk about it for hours. And, um, <laughs> but so much of the, the content and the thought you have curated so well in your book. Um, and I really, really, really encourage anybody who is going to consider um, taking taking some time to to learn from other cultures and and head abroad and, and explore those ethical volunteering opportunities to get their hands on it and give it a really good read. There's lots of really eye-opening things that will that will help you to understand your place and understand how you can how you can do this in a really um, incredible way and even help you make decisions about if and what is the right path for you. So I highly, highly, highly recommend that book. If you, if you want to dive deeper um, into, into this issue, there is, there is no other, no better resource that has it all in one place. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Yeah, I, I've got my hands on a, a copy of it and I've read it and, um, and I've also seen, seen Claire present and speak and um, she is living and breathing um, all of her messages. It is not somebody who is just coming from uh, the outside. She, she acknowledges that she's coming from the outside but has also uh, been in this, 
space and has learned herself and, and she really can share a lot of her learnings with you through through that book. So it's definitely a great place to start and, and sometimes end if you don't need any more support. There's lots of good content in there. Um, but before we sign off, Claire, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you want to make sure that the listeners uh, get to hear from you? Um, so it's not that we haven't touched on it, but I know that, you know, when we start talking about these issues, it can get really sort of huge and daunting and, you know, pretty off-putting. Um, so I do like to be able to sort of sum up the key messages. You know, I always say that we can sum up the whole of the learning service book in three sentences. We call them the learning service mantras um, that might be useful takeaways from this podcast. So the first one is you have to learn before you can help. It, obviously, it doesn't just apply to international volunteering. We sort of say this is a life, a life philosophy that if you want to know how to help people, you have to go in with the spirit of learning. The second one is that the people you need to learn from are those you are trying to help. Again, we have to go in with a spirit of, of questioning and that... Um, not make any assumptions about what is needed because that may come from our own sort of cultural backgrounds um and then the third one which is i think what we've been talking about a lot is that learning and service are both lifelong um and you should always be thinking about what things you can continue to do in the future i think it's an empowering way to look at this is to say you know what take the pressure off yourself especially if you're going on a gap year you don't need to achieve it all in, in your gap year you know the gap year will be the thing that will possibly define everything else that you choose to do in your life and that is ultimately going to be more important than than you know any action that you take while you're still young and you're obviously still learning about the way that the world works um so, so yeah, I hope that those, you know, three things will, um, will stay with everyone. And like you said, if, if those messages make, uh, make sense for you, then, then you can read a lot more about them, uh, in the book. That's wonderful. Now, if folks wanted to um, follow you, learn a little bit more from you, uh, where can they do that and what opportunities do you do you share? So the best way to get in contact with us and to follow us is um, through the Learning Service website, because that is a hub for all of the other things that we have, like all of our social media. And the address for it is www learningservice.info I-N-F-O um, and there you can find um, that we have lots of downloadable resources um, we have videos that can help you find volunteer opportunities and um, learn more about how to be a good volunteer um, and we also have a blog um, where we share stories and experiences. We also really invite um, people that have interesting volunteering stories to share um, those stories with us. We're happily 
share them on on our blog so um you can get in touch that way as well um but yes and all of our contact details are also there on the website so that's the best place to get in contact with us that's amazing um and and we will link to all of that in the show notes so we will we will make sure that you have access to to claire and uh learning service and all of the the resources that they have and just a quick note um that a lot of these resources are great for any educators that are listening as well um if you support students or student groups that are that are participating in uh volunteer travel opportunities or service learning um a lot of these resources are really beneficial for you as well um, so, so make sure you're tuning in to that or if you are looking for a corporate opportunity um, this isn't specific to gap years this is specific to learning service no matter what stage of life you're at so Claire thank you so much for uh, staying up in in your time zone over in Kathmandu <laughs> to, to make it a reasonable time for us here in North America um, it has been such a pleasure to learn from you and to share your message and your life experience and learning with our audience and I'm so excited for the comments that folks are gonna make on this podcast um, and the, the those that are gonna follow you on social media to be able to continue to to learn and serve in a completely yeah. new way. Absolutely me too, Michelle. It's been really delightful. I've really enjoyed our conversation. And as always, I, um, I look forward to further discussion on all of these um, really fascinating and sometimes challenging conversations. Yeah, this is not the end of this conversation, but uh, folks need to get on with their day, I'm sure. Um, right. and, and so we will wrap up our podcast here, but this conversation will be a lifelong conversation. And if you have questions about this, Claire is a great resource, or you can reach out to me and I can, I can help support you um, from a much less informed, but still informed uh, opportunity as well. So again, thanks, Claire. Thank you too, Michelle.